Hey mom friend, have you heard of a birth center? Are you trying to decide whether or not you should or can have your baby in a birth center? Well, today we are going to continue our conversations about birth environments, but be focusing on birth centers, what they are about, when they first started showing up and how they serve and support communities and mamas like you. Birth centers are very few and far between here in the United States, but they can offer a range of in-house support for mamas who are looking to get a more personalized, holistic birth experience. And if you have one in your area, at the end of this episode, you will be able to know if this is a right fit for you. But before we get inside, if you have been joining in on our chats and have learned or been encouraged by something, please pause this episode and go to the show on Apple Podcasts and leave a review for me. Leaving a review helps me reach our other mom friends and helps them to know that this information is out there for them to learn and guide them through their motherhood journey. Whether you are having a baby here or there, come join me also in a one-on-one childbirth education class where we will work together to prepare you during your pregnancy for your upcoming birth and for your postpartum period. I am currently taking a few moments this month and space is limited. To begin working with me and building up your confidence for your birth, simply go to my website in the description of this episode or email me at cbecoaching at simplifiedbirthandmotherhood.com. With all that to say, let's get started. Hey mama, welcome to Simplified Birth and Motherhood. I am Amanda. I am a wife and mom of four. I have had a hospital birth, unexpected c-section a few home births and now i'm a birth advocate childbirth educator and your cheerleader in the toughest hood of them all motherhood do you wish you knew what options were available to you when becoming a new mom or adding more to the mix are you ready to nurture and build up your mom gut so you can be more confident educated and bold in this podcast you will begin to understand find support and turn knowledge into power through education and resources for pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and for the early years of motherhood. If you are ready to get clarity to empower your birth and motherhood journey, then throw up your unbrushed hair, hike up your high-waisted pants because sister, (laughs) I know you are wearing them. Put the baby in the ergo and let's start feeding our God-given mom guts. See you inside. Okay, let's come on in, let's get settled, get comfy, grab a blanket, grab something that might taste good, like a snack or a yummy drink, (laughs) one of those things. Because today we are going to be talking about birth centers. This to me is a good balance for families if they don't necessarily want to have a home birth, either due to space or not even feeling comfortable or that this would even be a safe option for them in their own home environment. Or maybe there's no midwife in their area, maybe where they live is a little bit farther than any other midwife that can serve them, or just simply the fact that midwives are considered illegal or home births are considered illegal outside of a hospital setting. Every state is different, and this doesn't necessarily mean that midwifery care is bad or unsafe. It just necessarily means that every state has their own restrictions and regulations. We hope that one day that will change. But until then, there are certain states that obviously do not have midwifery care outside of the hospital. So birth centers are basically a holistic approach to pregnancy, birth, postpartum care, and well woman slash family care. Today, only about 0.3% of moms have births inside of a birth center, but 80% of these women all have successful births at 
birth center. Birth centers are a health facility that provides midwifery care for childbirth. And there are about two types of birth centers. One is a freestanding birth center, which are located out of a hospital, nursing home, or surgical centers. They are freed from hospital rules, regulations, routines, and attitudes, meaning their views and missions for birth are completely different than what we would probably come across in a hospital environment. As a part of their licensing requirements, they usually need to be no more than 30 minutes from a high-level obstetric and neonatal care hospital for patient emergencies. But with birth centers, studies have shown that over a 15 thousand of women who have birthed at a freestanding birth center have actually lessened the cesarean rate by 38%. Only 12% were transferred after admission to the birth center and out of the 12%, only 2% were after postpartum as well as only 2.2% of newborns were transferred. This was all due to fetal heart rate patterns, respiratory issues, or for postpartum hemorrhages. But out of those statistics, only 1.6% were for emergency purposes. The mortality rate for birth center births was at a zero, and the neonatal mortality rate was less than 1%. This all means with those two statistics and percentages assures us that any transfers that happened were done safely. So birth centers are 50% more cost-effective than the hospital. They have been proven to save money, which is due to the chances of birth ending in a cesarean, which can cost, guys, I'm talking like thousands, close to like millions of dollars before insurance even has a chance to even look at it. It lessens that cost, which I think insurances are always very happy about because they definitely aren't looking to do a big payout, (laughs) but also lessens the chances of medical interventions to be used, which also can be a huge cost when it comes to medical bills. Another thing about birth center births is they are considered low tech, but they have a home-like feeling to them. They do all accept major insurance companies such as Blue Cross, Blue Shield, TRICARE, Humana, and Athena. And with some of these major insurance companies, because they are becoming more acceptable, a birth center is probably up to almost 100% coverage. They are more likely to do reimbursements. So if you have insurance, call them and see if they cover your birth center. And if so, up to how much or at what percentage that they will cover. Most birth centers have things such as pools, comfy beds, really nice decor. Guys, like some of these birth centers are so nice. I mean, nicer than my own house. (laughs) I'm not to say that I have a really nice house, but what I'm saying is, I mean, these places are, can be bougie. All right. I mean, you're talking like remodeled, pristine, top of the line, tubs, showers, sheets, beds. I mean, some of these places are so beautiful and so amazing. And but then sometimes some of these birth centers are so homey. It's like returning to your favorite grandma's house or returning to your aunt's house that you just love going to growing up. When I think of birth centers sometimes and some of the ones that I've visited, I think of times in my childhood where it's just like you just remember that one house growing up and you just had so much fun and it felt so comforting. I'm telling you, 
studies, some of these birth centers are like that, (laughs) that they also have IVs, fetal heart rate monitors, they can do labs, they have ultrasounds, in-house neonatal resuscitation equipment, oxygen. Some of these birth centers are able to give out different pain medication as well as nitrous oxide. We'll learn about that here in a minute and what that is. In a freestanding birth center, you will be able to have the ability to surround yourself with people of your own choosing. You'll have freedom of movement and the ability to permit essential intervention. The only downfall of this option (laughs) is that there's not a lot of them. So not every city has them. Not every state has them. We, there might be a state that might have them, but going there depends on how far you are. I mean, it can take hours and it is not completely unheard of for people traveling to a different state to have babies in these birth centers because of how amazing they are. And that's the type of care that they want to have. I mean, I remember when I was doing research on a birth center one time and I asked a birth center that was probably about an hour and a half away from me. And I asked them, I said, you know, how far do people come? What's the longest distance that somebody has actually come and received care from you guys? And they had said, we actually have people coming in from the state next door to us, which is New Mexico. I mean, people travel that far to go to some of these amazing birth centers because they're really just few and far between. And most states, have their own specific regulations, which can make it hard for some birth centers in the in these areas to become established or to be kept open on a consistent, regular basis. So that is a little bit of a gist on our freestanding birth centers. Now, there are other birth centers. So the second option when it comes to birth centers are in-hospital birth centers. These birth centers are ones that are actually attached to or right next to or near hospitals with an obstetric unit available for in case of an emergency. So they do have nurse midwives, midwives working in in these birth centers, and they are still considered low risk and low tech atmosphere, but it has the comfort of knowing that there is an easy and quick access to emergency care. The downfall of this one is that Not a lot of hospitals have this option, having a birth center either attached to it, not necessarily midwives, because we know that there are some hospitals who do have midwives delivering babies, not necessarily OBGYNs, which we learned in our last chat that OBGYNs are technically surgeons. So not a lot of hospitals have this option of the attached birth center or a specific unit that is considered their birth center. The other thing that you might run into on this one as well is that the staff still might have the medical mindset, which means that it could increase the chance of transfers to obstetric care, as well as they are still kind of held by hospitals' rules, regulations, routines, things of those sorts. Although you might still have the ability to have freedom of movement, one thing that you will not be allowed to do in these certain birth center hospital births is that you cannot birth your baby inside the tub. So when there's water in there, they won't allow you to do that, which means second phase needs to start and end on dry land. That's the way that I put it. (laughs) Dry land is you not having a baby in water, using hydrotherapy such as the shower or a birth tub or a tub, bathtub, those type of things. Birthing a baby on dry land needs to be done 
start to finish because they still have those things they still have a bathtub or tub a birth tub they still have beds they still have birth balls they still have other means for you to be able to move around and use different positions there's a little bit more of that in these birth center births that are attached to the hospitals okay so a little bit in general about birth center history is that in 1975 due to consumer desire for alternative care according to aabc which is the American Association of Birth Centers Maternity Care Center Associated, which is abbreviated MCA, in New York opened the Child Bearing Center. It was a demonstration model with an approved certification of need licensure as a diagnostic and treatment center. They had a special contract with Blue Cross Blue Shield to study outcomes and costs. But in 1981, MCA founded Cooperative Birth Center Network and funded the first national retrospective study of outcomes of care in 14 different centers, which American Public Health Association then published a position paper called Position Paper 7924, Alternatives in Maternity Care, which supported the choice of birth centers for women. From there, we see that they received funding, certifications, accreditation, laws were passed to support the furtherance of these birth centers and the relationships between birth centers and coverage, meaning insurance coverage. And then we fast forward all the way to 2020, where birth centers continue to grow with the pandemic because more desire for growth and the expanding of the use of birth centers. And there today are roughly 400 freestanding birth centers nationally that are recognized by the AABC. And they range from West Coast to East Coast, North and South. So let's talk a little bit about this AABC, which is the American Association of Birth Centers. It pretty much is a membership organization that is a resource for freestanding birth centers and for other midwives that support a birth center model of care. They work alongside of CABC, which is an accreditation program, and some of the benefits that they can get in getting accredited through birth center association accreditation is, and this is straight from their website, birthcenteraccreditation.org, is accreditation from the CABC will help you in several aspects of your business, meaning if you're a midwife for a birth center, demonstrate your accountability and commitment to provide high quality maternity care to childbearing families, insurance companies, maternity care colleagues in your community. Learn to develop and use a robust continuous quality improvement program that will allow you to recognize any quality issues quickly and systematically. Work to resolve issues in order to assure that you provide the best possible maternity care. They also, part of their benefits, will help to develop policies and procedures that support the midwifery model of care, enhance risk management, and allow you to provide evidence-based maternity care, strengthen your position when negotiating with insurance companies, learn from experienced experts in birth center operations who want to help your center succeed, enhance pride in your birth center among your staff, consumers, and collaborative physicians provide support with your collaborative physicians and birth center or hospital administrators for your use of evidence-based maternity care practices and avoidance and inappropriate use of technology. Improve your bottom line with discounts on medical liability insurance and payment 
for health insurance companies that require this accreditation for reimbursement. You will also be listed on verifymybirthcenter.org with other in-process and accredited birth centers. So those are some of the benefits of getting this accreditation and certification. So are there birth centers that aren't accredited by this CABC? Yes. But do they need to be licensed? Yes. And that's what it really truly boils down to. Every state has its minimum requirements for the licensing process of the birth center. And it is up to that particular center whether or not they can or can't meet those requirements. Again, they all vary from state to state, but in my state, I live in the state of Texas, birth centers have to, under Title IV for health facilities, subtitle B, licensing of health facilities, chapter 244, birth centers, but under section 244010, which is the state of Texas's minimum requirements or minimum standards is that they must have the qualifications for professional and non-professional personnel, the supervision of professional and non-professional personnel, the provision and coordination of treatment and services, the organization structure, including the lines of authority and the delegation of responsibility. They need to be keeping clinical records and any other aspect of the operations of the birth center that the executive commissioner considers necessary to protect the public. So these are the minimum requirements in my state. Again, they vary from state to state. But the accreditation from the CABC just means that there is just an oversight there. And the AABC just helps with getting that accreditation process going or it helps you or the birth center to be able to accomplish that because they provide resources and make sure that you're pretty much on track or in line with if that is something you want for your birth center to be able to do. So if you are considering a birth center, ask them about this accreditation. And if there isn't any at the time you'll be having your baby, you can simply ask how they will handle emergencies and what types of resources and tools do they have in case of an emergency. And then you can determine whether or not this accreditation or how they handle these certain situations, that's going to be okay with you. (laughs) The way that I like to look at birth centers often is that birth centers are a huge resource center for families and for moms in communities. And everything from birth to well women slash family care is all in-house and available to anyone, especially for those who are doing their prenatal care and birth care there. It's kind of like, this is what's included in your fee. This is what is included. Whether or not you decide to take advantage of those resources is really up to the family and to the mom to decide, but they are available there. You don't have to go out and look. Although if you feel like you want to, you can. Maybe there is a doula who doesn't uh, work for the birth center or is contracted with the birth center. Maybe you want to have them there versus maybe one of their doulas. It's really just boils down to a personal preference in that case, but they offer midwifery care from certified nurse midwives, doulas, childbirth educators, lactation consultants. Some of these birth centers actually have IBCLCs on their contract as a part of their services or something that they personally have contracted with some of these lactation consultants to be able to provide newborn specialists, all types of things that they can provide and resources that they 
they give to moms. And it's not just, hey, you're only here for your birth and we're only going to take care of you for pregnancy and birth and maybe the first 24 hours of your postpartum. I mean, they have their doors open as long as you are willing to come and knock on them. They are, their care goes beyond prenatal childbirth, postpartum. It goes beyond that. And it's something where a lot of people, because they like the availability and because they like this personal holistic experience, they end up coming back and they end up coming back with their family. So some of these birth centers have birthed families I mean, they've seen literally these families grow in numbers and like, or they, you know, had, they did a birth with one mom and then, but then that baby grew up and have their own baby. And so now they're birthing their babies. I mean, it just becomes this generational resource for a lot of families. So that is what birth centers can do. And that's why they're so amazing and why there's such a good balance between hospitals and home birth. And we will talk more about home births next week and what type of care that they provide. But birth centers are just great for a lot of families in that aspect. So some things that you should know when you are going or considering to birth your baby in a birth center is that the first thing is that this will not guarantee that you will get the birth that you want. And I hate to start on this negative note, but as we move further into these discussions about birth environments, it's not to give you the idea that if you move away from one, you're more closer to achieve 100% what you wanted in your birth. Because there are things in birth that we can't control. There are things in postpartum that we can control. And they don't happen because we did something wrong or that we're failures or that we are going to be failures. But sometimes things in birth happen that we really may never understand or maybe never even get the answer to. And I know that feeling because when I had my first, you know, I obviously did not plan for it to go the way that it, it went. And just in my mind for a very long time was just wondering like, what did I do wrong? Like, what was it? Was it this? Was it that? Like, how could this have happened? Like, how could I have prevented it? What can I do different so that doesn't happen? And I went through this process and just had to just come to the realization that I don't know what happened. And I don't even know if I did or did do anything that contributed to this problem. And I may never know. And there's no point in trying to fight or figure out so that I don't make that mistake again. Because what if it wasn't my mistake? What if it wasn't something that I did wrong? Those are answers that I still don't know to this day. And that's the same thing in this situation that sometimes things happen not by things that we've done wrong, not things that the staff has done wrong. Just sometimes it just happens. And that is no different when we choose to birth in a birth center environment. Along with that, you have to consider that there is a possibility of transfer. So anything outside of a hospital, whether it's birth center or home birth, these are things that you always have to keep in mind because the transfer rate, even though it is rare and it is very low, when you get transferred, there is a reason why you get transferred. I mean, you don't get transferred from these situations because the midwife is just ready to go home or, you know, because you're just, you know, whatever. They, you get transferred for legitimate reasons. And sometimes these transfers are because mom is just simply exhausted. That's really one of the reasons why moms get transferred during birth is because mom is just exhausted. Because when you go from a hospital birth where the easy access to be able to have care like epidurals and things like that to help you have rest in birth center and home birth, I mean, you're doing it all natural. I mean, you could have an all natural birth 
in the hospital, that's totally doable. You just have to learn how and what ways you can kind of work around the system to be able to accomplish that. (laughs) But in birth center and home births, I mean, girlfriend, you are like all natural. I mean, you're, you're wanting that natural birth. And so the easy access to have a pain blocking system is not as quick. And so it can, birth can be exhausting, especially if you are not preparing yourself for that, or your stamina is maybe dwindling down because you had, you know, prodromal labor or your active and transition phases are so exhausting, or maybe you've been in labor for a really long time and you're just tired and your uterus is showing that you're tired. I mean, this is why moms get transferred and that's okay. You get transferred because you want to rest and that's okay. But even if you get transferred for other reasons, it's because there's a legitimate reason why you need transferred. It's And this is what's so great about the healthcare system. And this is what's so great about modern mes- medicine is because because when we want it and when we need it, it's there. This is why we have to be thankful to God that he has given knowledge. And at a time such like this, where technology is so far ahead that we can use this resource. My perspective when it comes to medical care versus a holistic approach, because I'm a little bit more on the holistic side myself and more on the natural trying what we can at home, like wait and see. I'm that type of person. I'm that type of parent (laughs) where I'm like, medically speaking, am I'm if I'm at the hospital it's because like your girl has tried everything and now I'm worried and concerned and this le- is a legitimate reason why I need to be here I mean I do not go in for silly petty reasons <laughs> and this is not to show like my pride at all but this is to show that my perspective is a 80 percent 20 percent type of perspective 80 percent is working with the body working at home doing holistic approaches homeopathic medicine trying to problem solve and problem solve successfully at home versus the other 20 percent where it's like no we need some extra assistance extra support and that could be through a hospital or other means that are outside of the home. So this is what I'm very thankful for when it comes to medical care. Because in places where we need to be transferred, like birth centers and home births, we'll learn about more of that after this discussion next week. That's why it's there and it's okay to use that. So if we get transferred that's okay. But we need to also know that that is a possibility because it is. And so Second, if you are torn between a birth center or a home birth, just know there is nothing in a birth center that it can give you that a home birth can't. And we'll talk more about this again next time. But that was one of the things that really and truly does stick out to me now because I love birth centers. I think they're great. I mean, I considered and still sometimes consider having a birth center, not because I don't like having my babies at home or I don't feel safe, but they are really nice guys. I mean, (laughs) so nice. I mean, just the amenities that they offer are just so luxurious and are just there's something about them that just provide that homey feeling and just like man this is so good guys like wearing on vacation here um when really you're not but <laughs> at the same time I remember when I was with my daughter I considered I was gonna have a hospital birth this was my second I was gonna have a hospital birth because I was a VBAC mom but then I was like oh what if I just do a birth center and then I was talking to my midwife because I was asking her opinion and I was like you know, I'm kind of considering this um, birth center, but I'm not really sure. I've never, I don't really know much about it. And I'm telling you, this is like my early years of like being a mom and like childbirth education and stuff and a birth advocate. And the one thing that she said, she's like, listen, she's like, of course, 
you know, I want you to make the choice that's going to be best that you feel is going to make you feel comfortable and safe. She said, and obviously, you know, whatever decision you make, we support you. And so she said, but the one thing that I want you to keep in mind is that a birth center is not going to give you anything that a home birth can't. It's just a different environment. And she had kind of gone over the pros and cons with me. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily her motivation to convince me to have another home birth because she wanted me to use her services. She just wanted me to have a realistic expectation um, and a realistic perspective when it comes to birth centers. And so for me, I was like, oh, well, okay, in that case, I'm just going to choose a home birth because that's really what I want to (laughs) do. But I just thought maybe a birth center was going to offer me something that maybe a home birth didn't. And so that's something that also to keep in mind as well. Another thing I want you to keep in mind and to know is that you're not going to see the same staff as you do in the hospital. So in the hospital, we see staff in our room and during our birth, such as our OBs, which they show up when showtime is about to start. Um, as the curtain is being lifted up, <laughs> they show up. Uh, we also see some LD nurses. And these are really our primary care nurses, the CNA, which are our tool handlers. You'll see the charge nurse where they do all the charting for the birth, after birth, things like that. You'll also see newborn specialists, which they are actually in charge of the baby. But in birth centers, you will see midwives like certified nurse midwives, certified professional midwives, certified midwives, masters in nursing. We will see women's health nurse practitioners. I mean, you will see some of these certified nurse midwives, PMs, MMMSNs. I mean, so many abbreviations happening (laughs) there. But you'll see a lot of these different people who are actually coming off of the system, who are coming off of the hospital, who are, you know, were paramedics before and they did love the care of birth center and midwifery care, love moms in the way that they want to give them the care that they feel that they need. You'll see a lot of these people come off of them. You'll see a lot of people who are actually coming off of being doulas. So they've witnessed a lot of births and now they're just kind of up one upping their like skill and one upping their knowledge and one upping up their care. So a lot of these people are in these birth center hospitals or freestanding birth centers. And so you'll also see birth assistants, doulas, that's if you want one. And you'll also see other student midwives who are charting, who are there for educational purposes, which is great because one day I will become midwives. And so who knows their potential and who knows if you'll be able to cross your paths with them. I mean, I can't even tell you how thankful in some of my own births of the student midwives who are actually there because they've gone on to be amazing, amazing midwives. And so when I recommend them to people, I know that they are great. And I know where they come from because a lot of these student midwives are doulas, are people who just are like, I love birth so much that I want to be more in it. I want to be as close as I can to it. And so this is them doing those things. And they're all so great, have so much knowledge, and they're just really good there for that extra support. Great people in these rooms. So these are the type of people that you could expect in these birth centers. And although they don't have pain blockers, such as an epidural or other medications like Pitocin, some centers have the ability and have on-hand 
nitrous oxide. I'd mentioned this before, but pretty much what nitrous oxide is, it's just a 50-50 mixture of laughing gas and oxygen. It's basically for pain management and comfort. It's completely safe, but again, according to AABC, nitrous oxide increases levels of endorphins and dopamine that are produced in the mom's brain. So it quickly metabolizes out of her system, which it takes about three to five minutes. It eliminates through the lungs rather than the liver. So that means it doesn't accumulate in the mother or baby's body. It does not increase the need for neonatal resuscitation. It doesn't affect the newborn's alertness after they're born or their responsiveness in early bonding. Breastfeeding is unaffected and has no effects on the progress of labor. It also does not increase the risk of maternal or fetal complications, doesn't require more intensive and invasive monitoring, and spontaneous vaginal birth rate is unaffected. And the way that they do this and why they do this is to kind of like take off the edge sometimes when it comes to birth. But how they do it is they administer it through a face mask. And the reason why they do this is because all of our bodies are created, have been created in our nose to have what we call an olfactory nerve. Okay, so the nitrous oxide hits this olfactory nerve and the olfactory nerve sends signals to the limbic system, which in turn sends signals to the rest of our body. So they say that the nose is the easiest access to your brain because it's kind of all connected there, but this can happen within 30 seconds or less. And it is one of the fastest ways, like I said, to access the brain. And the reason why they do it through the face mask rather than doing it through a pill or a needle or through the IV is because mom is able to determine how much she needs and uses. And so with the face mask, you can put it on when you want it or you can take it off when you don't want it and you can control your breathing and it's administered in a way where mom is not overdoing it but also is receiving enough of it. Or you can just simply try it a few times. Maybe it doesn't really give you the edge off of what you're really looking for and you can just not do it again. So that's kind of the great thing about the way that they administer this nitrous oxide. So some of these birth centers do have them. And then lastly, one thing to also expect is that your turnaround time is going to be quick, meaning your recovery time could range up to a few hours before you can actually return home. I mean, I know some birth centers that were like, oh yeah, we let mom and dad stay for about two hours and they're kind of ready to go home where they kind of sometimes are like, oh, it's kind of up to them of when they want to go home or when they feel okay going home. (laughs) So sometimes they do that. Whereas in the hospital, the shortest you can actually say is 24 hours up to 96 hours, depending on what type of birth you have. If you have a regular birth, vaginal birth, no complications after, during, postpartum, between mom and between baby, you can probably go home within 24 hours. But if you have a C-section, birth, you're going to be in there for a little bit longer time, up to 96 hours. And this is pretty much all too based off of your insurance and how much they're willing to cover and how much you are willing to pay out of pocket for staying. And sometimes those things kind of add up. But at a birth center, you can stay as short as a few hours to maybe another eight hours, but you will also have to return at least return or be seen by a midwife within 24 hours of your birth, whether it's at home or having to return back to the birth center, which is different. Not a lot of people really realize that. (laughs) And this is why people sometimes say like, man, birth center care and or home birth care is the best care because I mean, you get to be home as quickly as you want, or you don't need to overstay 
um, if it's not necessary. So who would choose this option? Mainly we're looking at families who want a middle ground, meaning they don't want to have a hospital birth, but also don't want or have space for a home birth and is their only option. This also will, like I said, help them have a low tech environment that feels like home, very homey, very comforting. So people who want that type of option, as well as insurance purposes, maybe this is going to be just as cost effective or even a better option for them that is within their insurance means. Because we all know that most families go through their insurance and most people want to try to not pay out of pocket any more than what they've already have or what they're already going to have to do. So sometimes birth centers can be covered up to 100% um, or have a significant percentage of it covered to where it kind of balances out, but they're able to still have that birth experience that they're looking for, that they feel a hospital birth is not going to fulfill that desire if that makes sense. We also see a lot of people who are considered low risk, and this is going to be determined based on your first visit with their house practitioner, meaning their midwife. They're going to ask you a bunch of questions and they will be able to determine whether or not you are considered low risk not necessarily rev low risk, but they will determine whether or not they can take you on as a client based on your history and your current or past pregnancies. What we see too that is very popular in with these certain moms who choose this option are VBAC moms. Due to the fact that this is the birth environment that has a philosophy for birth that is more on a natural hands-off approach, but knowing when to intervene when it is absolutely necessary. They It also provides freedom of of movement and choice and the chance of having a VBAC is greater in these situations. So great option for feedback moms. I mean, this is why I considered it. This is why sometimes it's still in the back of my mind. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is where a lot of moms see too, because there is a very high successful VBAC rate in these environments and birth center, home birth, things like that, because of the philosophy, the birth philosophy, because of this natural hands-on kind of letting birth do what they needs to do. Also, families who want a family-centered type of care where the whole family can be involved, such as other kids. I mean, not necessarily an unlimited amount of people in the birth room, but dad, uh, grandmas, those types of things. Um, I mean, from prenatal care to birth and postpartum, where you have that family-centered care, it's very welcomed and it's too very warming in those situations. Those practitioners in these environments encourage for other children to be exposed to that this is the fact that this is normal and that this is okay that there's nothing scary about this and the excitement of welcoming a child this side of the womb is always, always welcomed in these situations. So if this is something that you're totally game for and something that's up your alley, family-centered care in these environments are very, very likely and this is why a lot of people choose this type of care. And lastly, just somebody who would want to choose this option just in general wants to have a birth with little to no medical interventions, but want the continual monitoring. I mean, you're always going to get continual monitoring in any situation, but it's going to be a little less invasive. 
somebody who would want that, this would be their jam for sure. Okay, so you are deciding to do this. This is something that you want to do or maybe something you've been thinking about and now you're kind of just jumping in feet first. Okay, so first things that you're going to want to do to prepare yourself for birth center birth is take a childbirth education class. This will help you particularly in areas that focus on natural comfort measures. I do that, but some of these birth centers have childbirth education classes or a childbirth educator in house to use at your benefit and at your disposal. But there are people who are like me who do provide that, who can focus on those things. These are things that I teach in my class. I would love to have you (laughs) in my class to be able to do that. It would be such an honor. But bring also to a few items from home, including a celebratory meal that you can reheat for after birth. Bring something that you want to have, not necessarily that they have on hand, but bring something that you feel like after your birth, it'd be so good to have (laughs) this lasagna that my great grandma made for me (laughs) or something just because they would be more than willing to heat it up and to just provide those types of things for you because that's the type of environment that you can do in things like that. Where the hospital, you kind of have to you know, kind of take what they have. But (laughs) here you do not have to worry about that. So bring your own fun comfort items, robes, slippers, kind of some of the things that you would take to the hospital. But I think the main thing that you can't in a hospital setting is a celebratory meal or things that you would like to have at the end. I mean, (laughs) bring a bottle of champagne if that's something that you're interested in doing. Bring some sushi, bring, I don't know, bring something because in these environments you totally can and there's no shade and there's no judgment and there's no uh, feeling of like inconvenience on their part because they are more than willing to do things like that for you. (laughs) But also to prepare a hospital bag. So when you're preparing for a home birth, hospital birth, birth center birth, always be prepared to bring somewhat of a hospital bag where you're going to be staying for an extended period of time. You might not use those items. You might not do that. But just in case, because like we had talked about, there is the possibility for a transfer and there, particularly in your postpartum, there could be a possibility that you will have to be transferred or your baby might have to be transferred and you might have to be staying in a hospital setting for longer than what you had anticipated at the birth center. So bring a hospital birth with all the things that you want to have just in case that happens. Always have that baby packed. That's <laughs> what I'm take, basically saying to you. Also take a tour. So take a tour of one of the birth centers that you're considering or the ones that are in your area. You don't necessarily need to settle on just one. I mean, in my probably 50 mile radius, there are about three birth centers. And so it's important that if we are going to consider a birth center birth, to go take a tour, go see what it looks like, get familiar with it, get familiar with their staff, get familiar with how they function, what are some of the things that they do, what are some of the specialties that they offer, Uh, their rooms. I mean, (laughs) going there and being there physically, not just looking at pictures online, because you can do that, but it's just all about going there and getting that full experience. And you won't really know until you actually go there and see it for yourself. So take tours. And lastly, ask questions. So ask questions in regards to their accreditations, their licensing and practice, some of the service, what they can do in your prenatal care, what type of things are going to be and people that are going to be during your labor and your birth care, what type of care are they going to provide during your birth, what type of care you're going to receive in your postpartum, newborn care, as well as any other things like transfer rates, what are some of the things that they are going to do in an event of a transfer or an emergency care, uh, as well as the patient 
qualifications to birth at the facility. Ask questions. If I'm currently qualified or can be taken on as a client here right now, but what in the event would happen if I don't? What are some of those circumstances? Those types of things, Um, as well as how far they are away from a level two or three or four hospital. How far are they from there? And these are not just strictly you need to ask questions and only their staff and only their facility. Ask questions of people who have had their births there. Read their reviews. Talk to other previous patients about their experience from start to end. So those are the things that you can do to kind of get an idea if this is going to be a good fit for you and how do you prepare yourself for that. Okay, mama. So hopefully this has given you an idea what birth centers are all about that will help you determine if this is the best option for you and for your family. We will talk in our next episode about the last and final birth environment option so you will not want to miss it. I will see you then. Until next time. Hi again. Thank you so much for listening to this great episode. If you had learned something today, please make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share with another mom friend. Also, pop on over to our private Facebook group, sign up for our email list, and connect with me on social media, which are all linked in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you over there and connect with you. Now go listen to your mom gut because wisdom will guide you and chances are it won't let you down. Until next time, cheers.